not good afternoon <laughs> good evening and good night that was the show have a nice day <laughs> uh we are pod bros it is star wars friday indeed um star wars friday usually is also um guest appearance friday uh but we don't have a guest because right now in the guest seat is an empty mic bag how you feeling over there mic bag you mic bag. <laughs> Is that like a mic drop? <laughs> Close. It's better than a mic drop, because when you drop a mic, you break things. That's true. And we don't want to break things. So. That's also true. Um, so, yeah, we're Pod Bros. A, a production, production of Sound Bros Productions. Of Sound Bros Productions. Productions. Um, productions. 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 <laughs> uh, so, we are on Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, YouTube, and such. Etc. 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 Ditto. Ditto. Anyway. Your name right there on the bottom. Good day, sir. Thank you. So, yeah. Star Wars Friday. So the movie came out last week, and we ranted about it for two hours last week. Ranted and raved about it. Raved. Ranted and raved. Um, and then, you know, we, we've we seen some other movies during the week, you know. So one of the uh, little segments we're, we're kind of trying to start off is like a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a review of a film, right? I guess. And so uh, we uh, filmed... Uh, or we viewed, we filmed, we filmed, we viewed, uh, spies in disguise, um, the other evening and, uh, it, it was, it, that like the animation was good and the premise was good and it was funny, but the underlying story was crap. Yeah, I, I think and, I think a really good way to look at it is that when you're making a movie where you're trying to like have some sort of like overly positive underlying a good moral premise, bottom. Well, that I I wouldn't say that that's a good moral bottom. No, it really wasn't. No, but when you're when you're trying to make a make, when you're trying to create a premise like they created in the movie, right? And you don't up the humor enough you have to have a high level of humor. you have to have a ridiculously high level of humor otherwise it's gonna fall flat with audiences and I, I don't I don't know I haven't looked at any of the reviews for the movie but I, I would I was not impressed 
It was actually, um, you know, so I, I don't go to the movies a lot. Um, and this is why. And this is why. Because there are a lot of movies that don't deserve the the movie theater prices. They, they don't. They don't deserve movie theater prices. They don't deserve for me to pay for a drink. They don't deserve any of it. They deserve to be released and pirated off the internet. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. Is yeah, that, like a direct-to-DVD or something along those yeah, it's lines. Like, you know, it's not, this is not cinematic-worthy. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought it I thought it was a good movie, but the I think my biggest issue with it was like we were talking about is the under the underlying attempt at a narrative that was not based in reality. You know what I you know I think part of the problem was and I was thinking about this after we cuz we we ranted about this on the way home to each other. Um and I was thinking about it and I was realizing that one of the things that I disliked about it was that Typically, when they present a ridiculous premise, like they presented in the movie, um, they usually have some humorous people on the writing staff, and they make the ridiculous premise that they're presenting from, they go over top on the humor side of it. And I think that was what was missing more than anything else, Luke. Yeah. Was that, uh, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're like... Yeah, okay, you're you, you the the position you're taking and and the and the gadgets and so you know it's a spy movie, so it's like all these gadgets, but they're not like normal gadgets, they're like kid-friendly gadgets. Like uh glitter bomb. Okay, Spoiler glitter alert. bomb and uh and uh you know, inflatable hug or whatever that's in it, you know. Yeah, it just but it, what my point is is that they should have gone over the top with them. There was one point in the movie where they got close when they did the when they did the the carpet bomb. Yeah. Yeah. That that was like it should have been at that level so that when you get to that point, that point is then over the top. They should have been at that level like the whole time with all the ridiculous gadgets. But they didn't. They I think they spent too much time arguing the underlying point. And I think that's why it bothered us so much. It's definitely why it bothered me. Because it was like, you know... So, so you know, we spoiler alert, whatever. Yeah. The whole underlying premise is that you can't combat good with... Or evil with evil. You have to combat evil with good. Which, to a certain extent, that is true. However... Yeah, but even but, even firefighters start fires to stop fires from growing. Wow. That's deep, bro. Thank you. Because that's one of the lines they make they say in the movie is, "Well, you can't fight fire with fire." And it's like that statement comes from someone who doesn't understand why these people who are trying to put out a forest fire are starting fires. Well, if you understand how fires work, you understand that by creating a controlled burn in between, you can create a fire break, which then prevents the fire from having any more fuel and it burns itself out. Right. And um, I, I think that it was, you know, you know what it is, is that I, I went to school to be an educator. I went to college to be an educator and I still would like to become an educator. And 
I feel like it is um, grossly negligent of someone to make a children's movie because it is an animated kind of kids movie and it's definitely very kid friendly um, but I feel like it's very negligent to present such a ridiculous position that you know there's no other way you know you know they they it, you'd have to see it to understand kind of what I'm what I'm what I'm going at with this but I just I felt like they the whole premise is not realistic, right? Um, it you know it's it's well it's not realistic because we live in the real world. Well, and, and they've dropped out of reality. There comes a time there will always be the opportunity, unfortunately, where you may or may not need to make the hard choice. Well, and and you you look at things like. You know, World War Two. You had the you had the concentration camps where, where Jews were being um, exterminated, industrial fashion style, right? You know, to a to a scale that is, it's even now, seventy years later, is hard for people to even wrap their brains around. Um, and yet, in the midst of that, you had people like you know the story of, for the hiding place, the Ten Boom Sisters. Yep, where they showed love and compassion. And after the war, they were able to lead their own prison guards when they were because they were at they were in a concentration camp. They were able to lead some of their own prison guards to to Jesus. Right. After the war, because the prisoners remembered the loving and passion that they had when they were in the camp and because of the loving and passion they showed after the war was over. Right. And so, it yes, that is true. But the problem is, is that the movie presents it as if, you know, if we're if we're nice and friendly to people, it'll just fix everything and there won't be any issues. Whereas the reality of the situation is the story I just told, which at, on the surface may look like the same message that you combat evil with with compassion and goodness. But the problem is, is that they were combating evil with p- compassion and goodness and thousands of you know, millions of Jews still were executed. And they still suffered greatly in the concentration camps. There was still suffering. The the whole I guess the issue is that the whole premise of the movie is that if we're all nice to each other, bad things won't happen. Well bad guys will change. Yeah, and the problem is is that Hitler took on a a, a perspective and helped to generate a narrative that brought on a perspective in the German people. Right. And, and many of the German people, I don't I want to say all the German people, because you have guys like um, uh, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who actively opposed Hitler even before he came to power. Right. Um, but he, he created a, Hitler created a narrative and perpetuated a narrative of, <clears throat> of violence and hatred and, Taking on the perspective that there is the, the the of the premise that there are people that are lesser of humans, and and to say that just treating those people with love and compassion will cause them to change their minds is is ignorance. naive. It's ignorant. It's yeah. naivety at its basis, and I I think that's the thing that I think that's the thing that bothered me the most about the movie was how unbelievably 
naive they are in the story. And, um, you know, I, of course, it's 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 Star Wars Friday, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use another example of all of this, is that, um, you know, you you look at, you look at um, the, the whole story of Star Wars in in the first three movies, is that Anakin is constantly shown, love and compassion, by all of the people around him, he showed love and compassion by. The Jedi Order by taking him in and making him a Jedi, even though even though he shouldn't have been, even though he was too old, um, you know, all of these Jedi making sacrifices yeah. and and Obi Wan taking him on as a as as his apprentice, and and even Padme, the the whole premise of their love between each other is, you know, if anyone finds out. We're he, in trouble. He's not, he can't be a Jedi anymore. Right. And that's, you know, it's kind of like, it's a big deal to think about. It's like, you know, you, you always look at, at least in the books, it, it most of the time looks at it from the perspective of Anakin and what he will lose. Right. But no one looks at it from the perspective of Padme. Right. She's a, you know, she's the senator from Naboo. And, you know, what happens if this scandal breaks that she's secretly married, married to a Jedi? To a Jedi. You know, it's like, you know, you know, it, it's this, it's just the Anakin, he spends the first three movies with all this love and compassion and caring and all these sacrifices that he's seen are made. And he goes to the darkness. And he goes to the darkness for what he thinks is a good reason. Right, to protect, to protect, to 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 take care of his, you know, of his wife. He goes to the darkness, and in him going to the darkness, millions of you know of people in, in the in the Star Wars universe are destroyed. Yeah, and it isn't until Episode Six when his son shows him what he should have done. Right, I mean that is. That is, in my opinion, one of the best scenes in Star Wars Episode Six. And I mentioned before that George Lucas is—he's showing with one, two, and three. It's a—it's a existential mirror of four, five, and six. Right. And so you look in Episode Three, and you have Anakin who's lost his arm to Dooku, and in response, in Episode Three, he kills Dooku. Right. Right. Then you have in Episode Six. Well, he doesn't just kill Dooku. He repays the right. Arm he repays him by cutting his hands off. By cutting off. both hands off. Right, and, and then, then kills, kills him. And so, in Episode Six, you have Luke, who's lost his hand to Darth Vader, who he then finds out is his father. And he repays him by cutting off his hand. Right. Right. But then realizes, I'm a Jedi. I cannot live in the life of vengeance. And then shows Anakin what he should have done in the beginning. And he throws his lightsaber away and says, no, I'm a Jedi. I'm not going to kill him. He's a defenseless enemy. Right? Right. And, of course, then Anakin turns back to the light and, you know, defeats the Emperor. Or at least in the original canon, he defeats the Emperor. Right. Yeah. Um, And uh, I just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, 
the 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 whole premise of this of this other movie, you know, Skies and Disguise, is that you can show compassion and love to each other, and nothing bad will happen, and it'll all be fixed, and everything will be good, and and they even have like they even try to like go along with this whole well bad stuff happens to people, right? Because his mom, you know, the the kid's mom dies because it just bad stuff just happens to people, and it's like no. It, She's a police, you know, she's she's a police officer. And there are terrible people. That's why police officers exist. Right. She she lives there. If 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 love and compassion and kindness was the way to fix everything, there would be no police officers. We would just all love each other and everything would be good. Indeed. But that's not reality. That's not life. There are terrible people in the world that do terrible things to people. And you may be able to win them back, you know, but there are you still have to pay the consequences, you know. Indeed. And uh, I just it, it, the the reality the reality <sighs> of yeah it's that it's the it's the lack of it's the lack of reality. Right, and and at the end of episode six, Anakin ultimately dies. Because he had to pay the consequences for his life. Because there are consequences for the actions that you that you do. Right. The actions in your life have reactions. That is how life works, and that I think is, I think that this, it's amazing that this movie, and and I'm I'm kind of glad that I saw it because this kind of helped me explain why I dislike the new Star Wars movie of course, so much. Yes. But at the same time, when I walked out and I said this to Luke, it was like that was a waste of money. I just I just wasted what uh, seven fifty on the ticket and a dollar fifty on the drink. Right. I just wasted nine dollars. Right, right. And and an hour and a half or two hours or whatever of <laughs> yeah, my life yeah, yeah. that I'm not going to get back watching this stupid movie that lives in that lives in naivety and wasn't even wasn't even that funny or that dramatic. Right. Right. Um, and so I, but I will say this, the thing that I dislike about the Star Wars movies is they have no heart. They have no basis in reality. And, and I, I have mentioned this in the past that, you know, um, uh, Teal'c, the actor who plays Teal'c, you know, it's an existential, uh, Person, you know, uh, an existential view Excuse of me. the human condition. Right, right. Which is a, a fancy way of saying, it, where's the heart? Where's the soul? Where is the thing that makes you feel for this character this or character that character? And makes you identify with them. Right, I mean, even... Right? In the original six movies of Star Wars, even the Emperor, you can identify with almost every character. Even you can even identify with the Emperor. Yeah, he is. I mean, obviously, in, in four, five, and six, he's he's kind of this shadowy character. You don't really realize who he is, and in six, you kind of see him as like this dark overlord kind of character that's evil. Um, and you see a little bit of the friendship between Palpatine and Anakin. A little bit. But you don't really get to see it until 1, 2, and 3. And in 1, 2, and 3, you almost can identify with the perspective that he takes. Absolutely. 
You know, this is this not, is not almost. You should absolutely be able to. I mean, episode three. This is the revenge of the Sith. He he feels like the Sith are are owing of revenge because of the Jedi. Yep. And and you can identify with that, and you can identify with Dooku. He's a you know, you know, a political idealist, right? Well, you know, I mean, as, the, as the Jedi Order calls him. Throughout all but, of Star Wars, you can identify with all of the revenge-type things because of how stringent and how harsh the Jedi Order is without heart. Right, exactly. Because they have, they have a lack of, um, I guess, basic... Compassion. Compassion. Um, and, yet, and yet, within that, you still have the compassion and caring... Of people in the Jedi Order that are specific Jedi, yeah. yeah, and and you can. I, what's amazing to me is that any one of the characters, <coughs> any one of these, any one of these epic characters, even minor characters, you can identify with them. You right. can identify with you know in in. Uh, you can identify with Jar Jar Binks. Every once in a while, you feel like the idiot with the big dorky ears. Yep, who's just along Who the for the world, ride. The world, everything that you touch falls apart. Absolutely, all the time. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Why, why is, why is this happening? Why is this not working? And then you're like, I that, get in my car and my wheels fell off. That that moment when he walks in in episode one, when they walk into the main chamber, and uh, he's he's talking to Daddy Bossman. Yeah, and he's like, Hey, yo! It's yeah, like, like that. How many? T- who's been in that moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Sorry about being here again. Hey, I know you told me not to come back, but I'm back. Hey guys, you know. But I it just all of these different characters that are they're based on reality, and I think that's the biggest thing that bothers me about the new ones is that you look at these characters like. Uh, like Kylo Ren. Right. And it's like... I, I, I will say that, to be to be entirely honest with you, the first time that I liked his character was at the end of episode... Three. Eight. Uh, when he fought Luke. When he fought Luke. Yeah. That was the first time I ever saw him be real. Also, also that brings up another point. And what was wrong with... The, the study within Star Wars is the simple little things like the discussion, spoiler alert, the dispu- discussion between uh, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, right. and his deceased father right. should not have been. It should have been between Kylo Ren and Luke. And Luke. Yeah. Because Luke would have been able to give him the guidance and the direction that he needed to go as his well, and, master, and, as his leader. And this is the other thing is that is that Han Solo's character in the new exp- in the new universe in seven, eight, and nine? Han Solo's character is like this nothing character. Yeah, there's no reason for him to be having this conversation with his son. There's no reason to have it in the first one. In and seven, honestly, there's no reason for him to even be there at all. Well, and and that's what I in seven. It was like, what is the point of having this character? Why don't we just tell them that Ray that Kylo Ren killed him? Or he just died. Or he just died. Exactly. No, he yeah. had an unfortunate boating accident and died. Yeah, it's like what a, that would have been a better story arc than the crap story arc that we have right now. Yeah, it's like 
what what is the purpose of all of this? And then I, I just I look at these characters and you're like, I, I mean, the only character that had any kind of anything in reality was uh, was Poe, right? And they nerfed him in and the last totally, one. And they totally in both of them. Yeah. Actually, what's funny is that in in eight, I, I don't know if I should say this if anyone's not seen eight yet. Spoiler alert! But in eight, he's like, "Don't waste your time." Well, he's, yeah, seriously. Don't waste your time on all three. But he's like, you Just know, wait for John Favreau to fix it. He's, he's still the character from the previous movie, dealing with these ridiculous other characters, trying to, yeah, right, and getting the 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 general lady. Oh, so oh, terrible! So getting browbeat. Only, only the way that a a um. Feminist that a feminist leader, leader can browbeat beat a strong male. A strong character. male. And then in the third movie, you have him, oh, I'm so meh. Yeah. He's such a weak character in the third movie. It was like, yeah. what happened to Poe? You know what, what happened was? to Poe? No, no, no. It's the same thing that happened with Iron Man 3. Yeah. Iron Man 1 and 2 are flipping awesome. Iron Man 3 is like, I'm a whiny baby. I have PTSD. It's like, you know what? PTSD is a crazy is a crazy intense thing. Yeah, that it's people horrible. who are in the military and and other and other avenues like that have. And how dare you? Did did you get that at all from Iron Man three? Oh yeah, because I got that. It was like, how dare you? Yeah. Yep. You were in one fight, and you went to another galaxy. Whoopty freaking do. And and you, and you can't handle life anymore. It's like. No, no, it's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna identify on the same scale as these guys that spend a year at a time, right? Yeah. Regular deployment is what nine months or something like yeah. that, ten yeah. months in this hellhole, getting shot at by the peop- by all these different groups of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna identify with them because of one conflict. Yeah, ridiculous. It's like, are you kidding me? What what happened to this powerful character that was willing to stand up against, you know, members of Congress and tell them F you? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Seriously. It's like, what? Yeah. You know what I can do? I can keep it to myself. Exactly. It's You're like, welcome. What happened to that character? Uh, yeah, I have oh, successfully uh, privatized no, I'm going to kill everything. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to crawl into a little hole somewhere. With some little kid, yeah, exactly. And, it was like and and uh, yeah, it, it, it horrible. Was, it was stupid. It was yeah. like that. That's that. That is how I feel about the 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 progression of the character of Poe. It's like you went from being this epic, powerful character that is known throughout the galaxy, clearly, because even Finn knew about him, right? Yeah. In in seven, he talks about, you know, you're the guy. You're the crazy X-Wing pilot guy that everyone talks about in the Empire. Yeah. 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 What happened to that guy? Yeah. Well, what the I think the problem is, is that you're trying to take. Here's another thought. OK, is that what did you have in the original three in four, five and six? You had the amazing X-Wing pilot. Who also was a Jedi, right? Yeah. You have the Luke character mm-hmm. who was everything, and you took that 
and you took that character or that style of character and you split it. So Poe is a crazy X-Wing pilot. And then that's it. And then you have the Jedi side, which is kind of like Rey. And then then you have the fighter guy. Basically, they who's, took Luke who's an and emotional, they turned him into three characters. Who's an emotional basket case. Yeah. Yeah. Because you took th- one character and turned it into three when it didn't need to be three. It could have easily and, just and stayed And here we are one. again, going back around on the same... We're on the same path now. There's a pretty heavy-duty rut on this path. Yes. But... Couldn't you tell an original story, please? Yeah, for goodness sake. Good Lord. Do you have to beat four, five, and six to death? How many times? Yeah. Do you have to beat this stupid story to death? Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, even even the scene in in, in episode episode nine where she, uh, spoiler alert, um, if you haven't gotten that already, I'm just going to stop saying it. We're just going to start talking about it. Is that cool? What, spoiler alert? Yeah. Oh, we've said spoiler alert enough. The name the, of today's episode is spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah, seriously. No, the the scene where she where she shoots the lightning at the ship and it blows up. Who Ray? Ray. Yeah. The scene in episode six where he's fighting all of the people on the top of of uh, um, Jabba Jabba's floating barge. Yeah. And he gets shot in the hand. Yeah. And he gets all angry and starts killing everyone. Gee. I've seen that before. Exactly. That's what my point is. It's like, oh, yeah. gosh. And then he's like, oh, man. And then they blow up the ship and they're done. And, and it's and it's nothing. For Luke, it's nothing. He just moves on. Right? Yeah. It's like, come come on. This is... Can, can we... You, you know what it is? Is that we keep on saying, can you have this original story? But the problem is, is that there was already original story that you could have just taken and gone with. You didn't have to change anything. Well, and that's and that's the other part of it is that you know there was a gentleman's agreement, or, or at least that's the rumor, that there was a gentleman's agreement between George Lucas and the the whoever it was that said you know we're going to use your script, right. you know, for when we do these new movies, and then of course you have the um, the bane of you all have Star Wars fans everywhere. You have the betrayer and backstabber that is known as Kathleen Kennedy. Seriously, man. Um, and then she, of course, is in bed with J.J. Abrams, who is the destroyer of all things my childhood. Thank you very yeah, much. All things science fiction. Please, um, please do not do anything with. Can you can you not uh, touch? No, no, no. Don't even say it. Just don't touch anything else. Okay. Come up with original freaking idea and do it, or don't touch anything else. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Enough with the lens flares. We've seen enough of them. Thank you. It was cool the first time in the first minute and a half. Yeah, and then it was like, okay. And then it was like, okay, this is done. Your art sucks, okay? Well, the, the problem Sorry. is... Sorry. I know got what? angry. You know what? You know what? <laughs> this goes back to what I said before You when with not living in reality. You know what was cool about Lens Flare the first time you saw it? When was the first time you saw Lens Flare? Uh, in the... Ever. Uh, for me, it was it was uh, the first remake of Star Trek. That was the first time you had ever seen Lens Flare. I think so. At least that I recall, because it's an artistic piece that you don't see very often. But you do see it, though. Yeah. Because what I'm saying is that the first time I saw it was there were these old cowboy shows. There's an old uh, cowboy series. And the sun would go by. And you saw the Lens Flare. 
And that was it. That was the only time you ever saw a lens flare. Do you know why? Because it fit within reality? Because that's what the sun does to your eyeballs? Because that's what the sun does to a camera. The sun doesn't do that to your eyes. Which is why nobody uses lens flare. Which is why it's an artistic thing. (laughs) Well, my point is, is that the only time that lens flare was ever used was in Old West type things. To accentuate the fact that there's this burning hot sun. Right. Anyway. It was for nothing else. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's the bottom of the hour. Is it? Yeah. It's the bottom of the hour. We're pod bros. Da-da-da! Okay, moving on. Um, Wow, that was fast. Yeah, I just... Okay, continue. I don't know that I want to rant about Star Wars for another half hour. But it's Star Wars Friday, though. It is Star Wars Friday. It's spoiler Friday. Actually, you know what? Let's do something completely not Star Wars related. Okay. Ready? The 10 largest spiders in the world. Oh, good God. (laughs) Um, If you have arachnophobia, you might want to not listen for the next five minutes. Number 10, the white lady huntsman spider. Am I showing you pictures of these? No. Oh, okay. I will shoot you. (laughs) Um, The length is 5.5 inches. Dang. Uh, location, Israel in Jordan. That sounds about right. Colors, light tan and black. Um, unique trait, high contrast black markings on legs. It's actually a cool looking spider. Probably really dangerous. I don't know. Well, desert spiders are the worst. You, you know about camel spider. I'm yeah. sure that they're on there. Okay. The Brazilian wandering spider. Ooh, wandering spider. Okay, now that was number 10, that last one, at 5.5 inches. So, so they're just the going to get bigger. That was the smallest. Um, this is 5.9 inches. Uh, location, South America. Light golden to dark brown. Unique trait, highly venomous. And the picture is of it on someone's arm. That's fun. Okay. Uh... So the Brazilian wandering spider belongs to the order Phonutria, which happens to be the Greek word for murderous. True to its name, this arachnid is said to be the most venomous spider in the world, delivering a powerful bite that can be deadly to humans if left untreated. The spider is also highly aggressive and quick to bite if disturbed. Mm, That's fun. Did you know that the Brazilian wandering spider is intimidating enough in its natural habitat and it traumatized an entire family in the UK by emerging from a bunch of bananas along with an egg sac that contained thousands more? I don't know if I'm eating bananas again. Um, Camel spider. Six inches. Deserts in the Middle East and Mexico. Colors light yellowish brown and black. Six inches? Six inches. That does not jive with the pictures that I have seen. Extremely pronounced mandibles. Holy mother of God. Moving on. Um, Wait, is there a different camel spider then? Yep. Uh, that's just one of the small ones. Have you ever seen the big ones that are like we're, two we're, or three we're feet? We're probably getting there. Okay. All right. I don't. Oh, why am I doing this? I, I don't know why you're doing this. Number seven. The king baboon spider. Seven and a half inches. Good lord. East Africa, rusty red, bronze, and brown. Uh, unique trait, It's a it burrows into its habitat. Oh, that's fun. Don't step on that. Number six. Face 
sized tarantula. Length, 8 inches. Location, India and Sri Lanka. Uh, colors, uh, getting itchy. mottled gray and brown. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, unique trait, camouflaged appearance. Oh, fun. Number five, Colombian giant tarantula. Eight inches. Brazil and Colombia, black and red, unique defensive posture. I am not a spider fan. Number four. Gram, Gramamasotola uh, anthracina. Ten plus inches. It doesn't actually give a size. They are located in Uruguay, Paraguay, Brazil, and Argentina. Black and reddish brown, and they have a long lifespan. Holy mother, that thing's huge. Uh-huh. Number three, the Brazilian salmon pink bird eater. Length, are you paying attention? 11 inches. Good Lord. Location in Brazil, colors black with pink hairs. Unique trait, powerful bite when provoked. Number two, the giant huntsman spider. Length, 12 inches. Location, the Lotian Caves. Colors, light brown. Unique makes a ticking sound. Mm. That's just creepy. Mm-hmm. And number one, the Goliath bird eater. Wow. 12 inches. Good Lord. South America. Colors, black and brown. Unique trait. It has a burrowing habit. Mm. Why did I read this? What's wrong with you? I'm going to be itchy now for the rest of the day. I need to redeem ourselves. How do we redeem ourselves? We can't. We can't redeem ourselves from here. It's all downfield from here. Largest snakes in the world? No. Zoo in the world. Largest zoo in the world? Largest zoo in the world. Largest zoos in the world? Should we do that? Talk about the weather. Oh, yeah. We haven't done the weather yet. Do the weather, and then we're going to do the longest bridges in the world. Ooh, fun. So, the weather. Right now, it is 39 degrees and overcast. Hey, all right. 80% humidity. The dew point is 34 degrees, and the wind chill puts us at 35 degrees. Um, there is still a winter weather advisory until tonight. Awesome. And tonight there'll be scattered snow showers, and then this this storm is supposed to start to let up, um, and then there'll be a uh, slight chance of snow on Monday and Tuesday, and then it's supposed to get sunny and clear uh, by New Year's. Sweet. So, yes, sir. There's there's the weather for you. Indeed. Um, longest bridges? Long, should we do longest bridges? You just said longest bridges. You know, speaking of bridges, you ever seen that movie Bridge of Spies? You know what? I actually haven't. It is 
probably one of the best movies I have ever seen. Really? Tom Hanks. I need to watch it then. Plays. Do you know the story? Uh, no. So it's based on a true story. So in uh, during the Cold War, um, there was, uh, you know, there was all sorts of spies and different things back and forth between Russia and the United States, or the, the USSR, the, the Soviet Union. In the United States, because Russia was actually part of the USSR, but um, that's a separate conversation about, right. about the politics of different countries. Anyway. Um, Which we're not discussing today. Yeah, I said that already. So, um, there were some spies in the U.S. that he, that this lawyer was, so that the whole story is about a lawyer, and the lawyer is played by Tom Hanks. And so in the original story, this guy, he was like a master negotiator. And he actually, um, he was the first one to get a Russian spy to be not, con- uh, that was found guilty to be not convicted on the death sentence. Um, and his whole premise was that we can use the spies that we capture to get our people back. It was kind of, at first it wasn't like that, it was just kind of like a, hey, you know, let's, Let's show our enemies that we're not what they think we are. You know, one of those type things. Um, but eventually, he he ended up using them to get to get people back, and he was incredible at it. So the book, so the 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 movie is there's this American U two pilot, uh, the U two spy plane, uh-huh. ultra high speed, ultra high altitude plane that has surveillance cameras on it, was taking pictures over Russia, and was shot down. And the pilot didn't eat his uh, cyanide pills like he was supposed to. Um, and so he was captured and, you know, the Soviet Union made this big deal about it. Well, the U.S. had captured a, a spy, a Russian spy. Yeah. And this um, this lawyer, he convinced the... Uh, he convinced the Defense Department to do an exchange. Oh, okay. Spy for spy type thing. Nice. Um, well, while he was in Berlin working on the details of it, he found out about this young, uh, I think he was like a, a literature student or whatever in West Berlin. Mm-hmm. Had I guess it was pretty common before, the, before everything got locked down to go back and forth between East and West Berlin. So he had gone on into East Berlin for some reason, probably for a story or something like that. And... Then Berlin had locked down West East Berlin had locked down everything, and he was trapped on that side and was actually arrested as a spy. Oh wow! By the Berlin, by the East Berlin East Germany government, and um, so this lawyer found out about it. And this is a true story. This is a true story. Okay. Yeah, and he. Um, All right. So what's going to happen is I'm going to watch Bridge of Spies, and then we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So, are you wanting me to stop? I'm I'm lost, completely lost. What do you mean you're lost? I was paying attention and I'm completely lost about where how many where we are and where, who's what. Were you really paying attention? I was. You, there was a guy in Berlin, uh, an American, right? American spy in Berlin and it got locked down and he got arrested as a spy. No. So you missed the part where I said he was a literature student. Yeah, I missed that part. Yeah, because you weren't actually paying attention. You were looking at your iPad. I was paying attention. So 
Bullcrap. <laughs> I call bullcrap. Anyway, long story short, the the he was able to work out an exchange, um, and then later went on to getting hundreds of Americans released. Well, hundreds of Americans being released is always a good thing. So, thanks for ruining my story by not paying attention, and then <laughs> making up some BS story about how you were paying attention. I was paying attention. Fake news. I missed the part that he was a literature student. Fake news. Anyways, Longest Bridges. This, you ready? This is what it sounds like when Luke is spewing BS. <laughs> you ready for Longest Bridges? Go ahead. Number 10. Uh, BS. Man, Mankank? I don't know how to spell. I don't know how to say this. Something Swamp Bridge. The length is one thousand two hundred, a hundred and twenty thousand. Sorry, four hundred and forty feet. Located here in the U.S., built in nineteen seventy nine. Cool. It is a highway type bridge. Where is uh, that? It doesn't say. It just says U.S. Lame. Uh, across the Manchac Manchac Swamp, wherever. Oh, Louisiana. Cool. Somewhere in Louisiana. Okay. Number nine. Uh, line one. Wa- Wa- Wuhan Metro Bridge is 123,976 feet. Located in China. Built in 2009. And is a metro bridge. Cool. That's a long bridge. Lake Pontachurian Causeway. 126,122 feet uh, here in the U.S., 1969, and it's a highway. These were built a long time ago. That's yep. surprising to me. Uh, it has an astounding 9,500 concrete pilings and features seven crossovers to provide emergency and maintenance vehicles with easier passage. Um, more than 30,000 vehicles pass over. On an average day. Damn. Number seven, the Beijing Grand Bridge. Uh, the length is 157,982 feet. Um, it's located in China, and it was built in 2010. So China's just getting on the on the list of uh, long, and it's a high-speed railway. Cool. Uh, Bang Na Expressway is 177,000 feet it's in thailand and it's an expressway i don't know how that works because they're not showing a they're showing a land it might be a land bridge just like a raised highway mm. that's weird uh six lanes wide this one billion dollar elevated expressway was the longest bridge in the world when it was constructed as well as the largest precast concrete project to be ever carried out um it required 1,800,000 cubic meters of concrete. Crazy. Uh, Wenan Wai Grand Bridge. Length is 261,588 feet. Located in China, built in 2008. And it is another high-speed rail. They have a lot of high-speed rails. It's a whole lot easier to get large amounts of people around than have building highways everywhere. That's true. Just public also, transit. It's it also, also a lot easier to control everyone. To control everyone that way. Uh, the Ty- uh, the Tianjin Bridge in China is 373,000 feet long, um, and it is another high-speed rail. And can you guess what the next one is? Go ahead, I'm ready. 
It is the Something Grand Bridge, 380,200 feet long. It is also located in China. It was built in 2010, and it is a high-speed high speed railway rail. bridge. High-speed rail. Uh, pretty much all the rest of these are high-speed rails. Do we want to keep reading them? No. 516,000 feet. And What's number one? The Danyang-Kushan Grand Bridge. 540,700 feet. Built in China, 2010. High-speed rail. Yep. You should have looked up cool bridges, because there's a really cool bridge in the U.S. that um, it goes around the bay of one of our major cities. I don't remember which one it is right now. But it's 95 miles. 95 miles? Long. The bridge itself? Mm-hmm. Wow. But the reason it's not on that list is because it's not a continuous bridge. Oh, it breaks up. It but has. it just kind of goes in circles. It has. It, it goes around the bay. That's cool. Is that up in, uh, is that San Francisco? No, I don't think so. It's I think it's over on the East Coast, or, or maybe it's on the Great Lakes or something. I don't remember where it is. But it has, the reason it's not the longest bridge is because it has uh, artificial islands that they built. Oh, okay. And the bridge goes into a tunnel and then comes back out so they didn't have to build a drawbridge or have the bridge go up so that ships could get through. So you go below the water. Mm-hmm. The road goes below the water so that the so that it doesn't impede the what? flow of Okay, see, now I'm curious. What bridge is this? I don't remember what it's called. I thought it was 95 miles. Or maybe it, it, maybe it bypasses the road that's 95 miles long. That might be what it is. But it's a really cool bridge. Um, for a long time, it had the largest man-made islands on it. Um, until, of course, the uh, the uh, the Indian the island over in the, India the EA what are, what are they called EAU United no no the UAE sorry United U yeah UAE United Arab Emirates they have all those artificial islands that they build right which are pretty cool if you ever if you ever have a chance to look those up the uh, the islands that the UAE builds are pretty legit I think they even have one. That is, they made a bunch of islands that look like the Earth, that look a map of the Earth. Oh, nice. Yeah. But they have this. They have some cool stuff. <coughs> so. Are you talking about the... Um... Is there a picture of it? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Ooh. There we go. 12 amazing artificial islands in the world. Montenegro? Where is it? Waiting for it to load. So there's Montenegro, there's Dubai, the world islands in Dubai. Yeah. Located, okay, so also in Dubai, located 2.5 miles off the coast, another mega project involving... Artificial islands will be the location of luxury hotels and homes. Unveiled in 2003, the world is an artificial archipelago of 300 small islands composed mainly of sand dredged from the shallow coastal waters to be constructed into the shape of the world map. However, it seems it is not well with the world. The project was delayed in 2008 
due to the global franchise crisis. And as of February 2013, only two of the 300 planned islands, Greenland and Lebanon, have seen development, according to Gulf News. Interesting. None of these have pictures. What the crap? Why is it is not it New Jersey, maybe? Why is it not loading pictures? This is no fun when it doesn't load photos. Well, then you can't see it. Who wants to read a book and use our imagination? No? Well, some of these things you have to see. You have to see to believe. Yeah. I believe. Uh, New Year's. What is going on for New Year's this year? Is there anything going know, on? The in boot New drop Year's? is going on in Prescott. The boot drop is happening in Prescott. Oh. And uh, do you know what time that starts? Uh, I do not actually know when the time that starts. Um. pretty cool though i've seen it in the past have you i've never actually been there yeah didn't you work it one year i did work it one that's when i saw it what are you doing for uh new year's this year probably nothing are, are we doing anything for new year's or are you or just you doing something oh i got invited to a new year's party so i'm gonna try and go do that because that's fun i'm gonna make out with myself in the corner at new year's Right? No? Mm, that's weird. Oh, here it is. You found it. I think I found a picture of it. Yeah, there it is. Okay. I found a picture of it, at least. Hopefully it'll give it a name. Oh, it's not in the United States. That's why. Where is it at? It's in Denmark. In Denmark. Is this the right one? No, this doesn't look right. Maybe it is. Maybe the maybe I was reading about the island and I misunderstood. But this doesn't look right. Anyway, this is the same idea though. So the way it works is that you have uh, a high speed freeway. That goes onto an artificial island and then goes into a tunnel to prevent a dr- the need for a drawbridge. However, this bridge has a drawbridge in it. Under the, under the water? Which is confusing to me as to why they would need both. Well, since it is Star Wars Friday and we're talking about movies. Okay. And movies that we've seen and movies we haven't seen. How about movies that are coming up? Okay. So Ryan Reynolds says Deadpool three is currently in development. Oh yeah, I saw I saw that. Um, he didn't offer many concrete details about Deadpool three. He did share that the new sequel is in the works with Marvel Studios, um, and he has confirmed. He has confirmed. Uh, sorry, it it decided to pop up its pop ups in front of the whole screen. Oh, nice! That's my favorite. Um. We're working on it right now with the whole team, Reynolds said in the holiday episode of Live with Kelly and Ryan. According to Variety, we're over at Marvel, which is big leagues, which is the big leagues all of a sudden. It's kind of crazy. 
The new film would be the first film not to be distributed by 20th Century Fox, which was acquired by Disney in March. Hmm. Hinting at another Deadpool movie could look like for the franchise writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick told Entertainment Weekly in October that they would be allowed to continue making R-rated films. Sweet. Uh, Marvel has promised to continue to let us play in the R-rated Deadpool universe. Um, and they're still trying to figure that out. Um, so our feeling and Ryan's feeling is that it's got to be the right idea. It's got to be great. I think once we've collectively agree what the idea, what idea that great idea is, we'll be off to the races. Ryan's super busy. We've got a lot of projects lined up. But we wake up thinking about Deadpool, and we go to sleep thinking about Deadpool. That's funny. So, that's awesome. Well, Deadpool is a great character. And that... um... Yes? So, they they weren't too sure that there was going to be a Deadpool 3 after the release of the second one. Well, they also canceled... Uh, Well, Disney canceled the X-Force movie. Yeah, that's because Disney... Well... They did cancel. Disney everything. is like Disney's this weird love hate relationship. Well, with it's like with, they do this really good stuff over here, and then they do this with crappy the purchase, stuff over here. Here's the thing, though, with the purchase of 20th Century Fox, and and just to, I'm not in any way condoning, condoning what they do, but you know, you look at 20th Century Fox, they and what they had in the works right. with all of the mutants and the all the all the different stuff with the X Men universe, indeed. And from Disney's perspective, you look at it and you say, okay, do we want to continue this as a separate universe or do we want to take advantage of this and add it into the MCU universe, which is now potentially having some issues? Yeah, well, we'll see where it ends up. But Which I think that I they're, think they're, they're, they're trying to run this direction with the MCU universe. and I, I don't think it'll last long. It's not going to last long. I really long. don't. I think, it'll, I think it'll go for a little while. Well, they're pushing... Okay, I, I, we need to say this because I've been meaning to say it for a while. They're pushing this whole female lead thing. Right. And I'm going to be a little slightly vulgar for a moment. The only reason that you have female superheroes is because of nerds who want to see a female character. Right. That's the only reason they're there. It's also the it's reason. It's not about female empowerment. It's not about any of that. It's, it's actually, because of a bunch of nerds that wanted to see a pretty lady. It's actually the exact opposite of female empowerment. And you're trying to push this female empowerment crap and this female-led thing, and it's going to backfire on you. Because well, the nerds are going to go at the beginning because um, Brie Larson is an attractive female. Right. But then she cut her hair. Right. And did this weird butch thing and is acting all super whatever. And it's not attractive. Right. And it stops being attractive. Um, uh, uh, Black Widow. Well. Black Widow's attractive. To be clear, she cut her hair butch. She cut her hair butch. Which is not attractive. However, if she had shaved her head. That would actually have been pretty cool. She, It, it would probably have been more attractive than the butch haircut. That is true. Just going to throw that out there. That is true. And so that's the issue. This is not about female empowerment, folks. You think it is, but you're wrong because your fan base is made up of nerds. Nerds. And and just just to just to feed into what you're saying, this is to be clear, the third iteration of Captain Marvel as a female character because the other two failed 
And this one technically failed. And it did, The yeah. first time it was released. Yeah, as Before a they book. forced it again into the movie. Yeah. Yeah, they should have... What they should have done is they should have gone with the original Marvel character, Captain Marvel, because the original Captain Marvel was a great character. Yep. And you know what? Can I say this? There's yeah. a lot of really great female characters. They're actually... There's more... Can 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 I say something about this? Yeah. I mean, I I personally thought that the female characters that were in the MCU already were awesome. Provided a pretty intense representation. Yes. Right. Yes. Because that's absolutely. what this is all about: is female female empowerment and representation. It's yeah. Like, you have. Yeah, but then you have Captain Marvel, who's unrealistic. That's the other thing. Unrealistically powerful. That is not. Keeping with the story, but but what I'm what I'm saying is that you by the have, way we have not watched Captain Marvel, and I don't know that I ever will. What what I'm saying is that you have characters like just bent that. You have characters like the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, she's awesome. Who's an amazing character, and you have characters like Black, Black Widow, Widow, which is a fantastic character. Piper and yeah, uh, Pepper, Pepper. Sorry, Piper. Pepper. Pepper, Pepper Potts. And and Who now is a f- awesome Iron Man character, and now is going to be probably one of the Iron Man is going to be an Iron Man type character. You have all of the iterations of Spider Girl, right? Well, that's part of the Sony universe. I don't know if they're going to do a crossover or not. Yeah, they might. But, they might not. Um, but you have the potential, right? With so many characters, without. Interrupting the balance of power, because that is the issue here. The issue is is that it's an interruption of the balance of power, which is what you know. Since we're since we're going to go there, we might as well talk about it. Part of the problem with feminism, and part of the reason why feminism gets such a negative stigma to it, is because you interrupt the balance of power in life. In life, there is a delicate balance of power, yeah. and when you do things like what feminists do, you interrupt the balance of power. And the women that have that have epic skill and, and, and industry and and have worked hard to get to where they're at, you minimize their achievement. Their actual achievement. Their real legitimate achievement by qualifying it with your feminism. With your feminism. Because you've qualified it. Because well they they should have fought harder for it. It's like no, they did what they did the way they did it the way they're supposed to do it. Well, it's the, the same thing with this whole concept of different races of human. Correct. As, well, it's, as it's, if, it's, it's as the difference if, between a white guy and a black guy, and a man and a woman. If the woman is more qualified, then she should get the job and, and more capable of doing and the more job. capable that's of the, doing the, the job here. is the other side of it. The the other side here is that I mean, if we're going to go that direction, then you jump into the whole thing of um, uh, you jump into the whole thing of you know a physical aspect, right? So let's say let's say that there is on paper there is a woman going up against a job for a lumberjack. Okay. Okay. And, and there are female lumberjacks. And there are female just lumberjacks. Be, just and there's clear. no argument there, okay? But let, let I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment. Okay. Um, or whatever you want to call it. So let's say that the dude's going up for lumberjack and the woman's going up for lumberjack. Okay. And on paper, purely on paper. They're the same. 
she blows him out of the she water. She blows him out of the yeah, water. Yeah, she okay. blows him out of the water because the water. women have a little bit of a higher intelligence in some cases. In some right? cases. In some cases. And so she understands the mechanics and the and the and the science and all these different things okay. behind it more than he does. Right. Right? And she they look at it on the on the paper sheet and they give her the job. Right? Right. Then she gets out there and uh news flash. Epstein didn't kill himself. Sorry. Um, Newsflash. Men and women are different. So ridiculous. Men and women are different. So she goes to pick up the 30-pound sledgehammer or or axe or chainsaw, and she knows all the mechanics, and she knows how it's supposed to work theoretically, but she can't physically do it. Now, where are you? Right? You're stuck. And 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 so now now that we've gotten to this point, let's go one step further. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little stereotypical here for a minute, but who are lumberjacks? Usually men. What kind of men? And very I, very rough. And I'm not and I'm not trying and I'm not strong. trying to and I'm not trying to imply that men are that that all lumberjacks are like this, but. There is a certain amount of stigma to men who are spending all their time out in the woods. Swinging an axe at a tree. And you want to put a woman in the middle of that group? Yeah. How is this female empowerment? Exactly. Yeah. So so let's go there, right? Since you're... Since, you're okay, since, so you're skirting Since it, we're going to... You're skirting no, no, it, let's no, go there. Let, let me just go there. Since we're going to talk about stereotypes, right? Because fem- female empowerment and feminism is always stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always talking about stereotypes. Let's talk about a stereotype. The male-dominated world. Blah, 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 Let's blah. talk about stereotypes. Let's talk about male stereotypes as far as lumberjacks go. Okay. Right? Or, like, janitors. Right? You, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, the dregs. This whole, it's the, it's the predatory yeah. person. Yeah. You want to put a woman. So the, the, the guys that are lumberjacks, and no offense to lumberjacks, and they're not all this way. As a matter of fact, most of them probably aren't. But I way. know quite a few. Know, I've known a few. Okay. And I've known some. I, I've worked for ex-lumberjacks. Right. That were loners, outside outcasts, don't want to be anywhere near society, want to go and hack down a tree okay. and work with wood. They're big, they're mean, they're burly, they smell, and they're very deprived of certain things in life <laughs> since we're going there. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. you're going to take a woman and you're going to put her into that into that realm. Exactly. This so let's my, let's my... let's jump it. Let's jump another one. Okay. The Navy. Yeah, no, absolutely. The United States Navy or Army or Marines or yeah. whatever it may be. And you're going to take these women and you're going to put them in there. Now, I'm not allowed to say who, but I happen to know a woman who joined the Navy, let's say within the next, within the last five years. Okay. Went to boot camp and got raped at boot camp. And I feel bad for her. And she doesn't like it. She's not happy with it. But she's locked in a contract. And I said, don't they keep you guys in separate dorms? And she said, of course they keep us in separate dorms. That doesn't stop anybody. Well, this is a another individual who we cannot say their name. Um, was talking about in the Air Force, training pilots from other countries. Yeah. 
and the pilots from other countries see our female pilots, and all they see, here's another stereotype, all they see is a piece of meat. Because that's how they're trained and raised. And and female empowerment is not going to change that perspective at all. And the issue was the same. Yes, it's the exact same issue. And so I ask the question again, why? How is this female empowerment? Exactly. How is how is compromising a woman? Well, you're what you're do, what you're trying to do is you're trying to change nature, right? And nature doesn't change. Outside of um, the homosexual thing, men like women. It's how it works. Well, we could go a whole other route with that with what you just said, but let's not. Because this just got really dark. This whole conversation <laughs> just got really dark. Kind of. Um, so yeah, how is how here, is here how is, is that female empowerment? Here, here here is the here's the issue. Here is that we call all of this stuff female empowerment, and this is this is where we're going to get around to because this is this is the this is the light at the end of the tunnel, right? One of yep. one of our one of our, one of my favorite pastors always talks about. You talk about this dark stuff, and you're like, hang with it, because there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Here's the light at the end of the tunnel. You know how you fix stuff? You know how you change the narrative? You don't change the narrative by female empowerment or male, or male, uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, um, uh, toxic masculinity. Toxic, yeah. Or whatever by eliminating, it is. By eliminating, by eliminating toxic, toxic masculinity. Strong whatever it is. There. The way that... Society changes, and really, truthfully, the only way that women have ever been truly empowered and have been uplifted, right? Because that's the word they use, uplift. Yep. Has been in a society that is changed by Jesus Christ. Indeed. It is the only society where women are treated with dignity and respect and care and are even viewed as equals to the two the place where they have a voice and they can speak. Yep. Most other cu- cultures in the world, women don't speak. They're not allowed. They're not allowed to speak. They're not allowed to do anything. It's it is amazing to me that we have created a quote unquote rape culture here in America, in one of the few places in the world where women actually have a voice. And contrary to popular belief, do your history have had a voice from almost the very from beginning. The beginning. There were certain women that were, um, uh, there were certain women that owned property and, and, and had a voice. And let's be clear that the reason we don't know about these women is because these women and what they said doesn't fit into the feminist narrative or into the current. Yeah. Into the current. Narrative. No, it doesn't fit into the feminist narrative. Yeah. And so they don't talk about it because it doesn't fit. Right. Which is the bumper sticker. Uh, well-behaved women rarely make history. Actually, these women are epic. Uh, um, we have we have Betsy Ross. We have, you know, why are we highly, not talking about any of these people? Highly, highly women, intelligent women. No, no, no. Women that are held in high regard. Very much so. Susan B. Anthony. Susan B. Anthony. You want to talk about an amazing lady? Let's talk about Susan B. Anthony. She was an amazing lady. Betsy Ross. What amazing did Betsy? Lady. What did she do? She sewed the American flag. That's nothing. Oh yeah. She oh she was. I'm sorry. Wait. She did what? She sewed the American flag. Yeah. Oh wait. 
She was in a traditional gender role. Yeah. Um, and it and she was great at it. Wow, that's crazy talk. And and you have you have stories of there there was a couple groups in the Civil War where the entire family went to war. And you have stories of these uh uh Waterpot Molly, I think is her name. Uh, I believe so. Where she was actually she would bring water to the troops through the combat field. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, w- women can't handle certain things. What didn't she do though? Yeah. Exactly. What didn't she do? No. She, she didn't fight. She she didn't fight. She didn't fight. She supported the troops. And I'll bet you those troops were better than the other troops that weren't supported. And and uh, while we're talking about the Civil War, let's talk about the the uh uh what's her name? The Angel Angel the, of the, Mercy. The Angel of Mercy. Angel of Mercy. Yep. What what are what are women naturally good at doing? Caring. Taking care of people. Caring. And and what is she know? Oh yeah. You she know what was, men can can I say this? She was a you well know, she know, was a well behaved woman. She was very well behaved. Taking care of people. Taking care of people. To you the know, point where she is held in the highest of, of regards. regards. You know what men are not good at? Men are not good at caring. You know what we are? We're rough and tumble. It's how it works. The reason why we have uh, half the issues we have in our current culture is because men don't get to go down to the bar anymore and take out their frustrations of a long, crappy day at work by having a knockdown, drag out, fist fight brawl with their buddies. Because when you do that now, you go to jail. Exactly. When I was in school, some of my best friends were the guys that I had had a fight with. This guy picked a fight with me. We fought. Now we're friends. Why? Because now we understand each other. What do boys do for fun? We grab sticks, we turn them into guns, and we go around playing like there's war. Or we take sticks and we turn them into swords and go hacking at each other. Why? Because it's in our nature. It's how we're built. It's how we're made. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we live in a moral universe. We live in a God-created moral world where God said this person and this type of person is this way and this person and this type of person is this way. And we're trying to gender fluid that and change it and it's going to do nothing, which it already has, but backfire. And cause problems. And cause problems. Anyway, with that being said. This was a fun, dark, deep existential show. We've blown past the we've blown past the top of the hour by about 15 minutes. Oh. But that's okay. That's right. We do a long we do a long show on Friday. On so. Friday. So um thank you everybody to to everybody who listens. Thank you to our new listens, new listeners. I just got a text from a new listener who had just listened and Sweet. enjoyed the show. Um I know today was a little serious, but thanks for sticking with us. <clears throat> we'll be back on Monday with um funny and ridiculous, I'm sure. And light and happy and not so serious. Light and happy and not so serious. I'll I'll wear my uh my sparkly happy underclothes. Yes, with that being said, this is Pod Bros, a production of Sound Bros Productions. We are on, I just wanted to leave everybody with a happy thought. We're on we're on all of the major uh, uh podcast podcast hosting sites. Hosting sites. Um, um and Facebook. And Facebook. If you we hope you learned something today because if you're not learning, you're dying. So, so stay alive. Stay alive.